Welcome to Into the Wormhole, a very special episode of Into the Wormhole. I'm Lauren Lowen, and here with me is Captain Larissa Maestro. All right. <laughs> so, Larissa, you had a really good idea for what uh, this episode should be. So I think you should definitely take credit and kind of explain what we're doing this this round. Sure. So one of my oldest and dearest friends is a doctor and she lives in California, but she volunteered to go to New York City and help in the ICU in New York City for four weeks. Oh man, that's and intense. Isn't that crazy? She's so brave. But it got me thinking that on top of like how hard all of our healthcare workers are working right now like what would some of our favorite star trek doctors be up to in a pandemic like this and how might they be handling themselves so i thought like it would be cool to talk about that and like sort of like dedicate this episode to like all of the people out there in hospitals at testing sites people doing vaccine research and just like honor them a little bit by talking about our favorite fake doctors <laughs> Yeah, it's it's our way of doing a tribute to them. And we wanted to do a doctor episode. It's definitely an episode idea we had from the very beginning. But Larissa brought up the point that it seems very appropriate right now. And, and we yeah. decided that this was very timely. And Larissa, if you don't mind me saying, yeah, I'd also like to give a shout out to all, all the people you mentioned. Also, uh, you know, thank you to people who are doing things just to make sure society is, is moving along, whether yes. it's people and law enforcement, people delivering groceries, people who are still driving our buses and, uh, you know, working to provide food for us, whether it's a grocery store or farmers. And yeah, our medical uh, people who are definitely in the front line, so to speak, mm -hmm. they're not only putting themselves in danger every single day, but we have people who were working with trash bags and raincoats as protection because there wasn't enough kind of medical protection to go around. These For real, like if we had force fields, you know what I'm I, saying? I know. We would. <laughs> um, yeah. So again, thank you. It, it, this needs to be said. So um, we so live, yeah, like you I guys. Said, oh my god, I could not do that job. Yes, I am too much fragile love. emotionally. <laughs> yes, and our mental health workers too. I know you said oh, that. Oh yes, absolutely. Also, just teachers. You and I have been or both our teachers all the teachers every teacher every essential worker we are now so... i'm getting awkward yes. i'm like oh god thanks now, everybody i don't want to like exclude anyone we're just so grateful for everyone that's like continuing to to do their jobs yeah we're we're probably forgetting many people but a big shout out to everyone tremendous yeah. thank you and gratitude yes Yes. Oh my God. We love you. And now we're going to talk about some actors that play doctors on television. <laughs> yeah. So you have the idea of actually starting with the most recent Star Trek, not in the timeline of Star Trek, but actually show produced and then kind of moving back in time. We, we've kind of talked about starting with Discovery because Picard, they have an EMH, but he's not very defined. I have the La Serena EMH on my list, but like we don't have any information. So I thought it would make sense to start with Discovery because like we're going from the characters that we have the least information about 
and then ending with the characters that we have the most information about. Okay, so we're starting with Discovery, which is really interesting because uh, in my case, this is definitely the Doctor I know the least amount of because uh, if you listen to previous episodes, I've mentioned I haven't had a chance to really catch up with Discovery. Larissa just watched all of it and I asked her what episode I should watch. And by the way, I have read about plenty about Discovery. So there's many things that I've spoiled for myself. I don't care. Um, so I watched Despite Yourself from season one and we don't want to, this is interesting because we even had some people on Instagram mention like, do I need to worry about getting spoilery? So I don't want to talk too much about that episode. We're just going to talk about like character stuff, things that make this doctor who he is and how he might handle the situation that we're in right now. So but like, I, we're not going to talk about his personal life. But just to let you guys know, I have actually only seen one episode. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to talk to you about this because I think that'll be sort of an interesting dynamic since I oh, just yeah, got like yeah. a little taste. Yes. Yeah, so the first doctor we're talking about, Dr. Hugh Culber, played by Wilson Cruz, who I originally knew from My So-Called Life. He played Ricky Vasquez on My So-Called Life. Uh, he is gorgeous. Just like his face is beautiful. He's just beautiful. I have not seen him since my so-called life. That's really the only thing I know him from. Yeah. Um, so I remember seeing some sort of picture and being like, oh my God, it's that guy. Yeah. I love him. So he's he's the chief medical officer on board the Starship Discovery. And he's married to Paul Stamets, who is the chief engineer. And they're so cute. Like, there's a scene in one of the episodes where they're, like, brushing their teeth together. And it's adorable. They're just, like, they're adorable. But there are there are lots of different times in this in the series that Dr. Culber, he super, super stands by his morals. He's steadfast. He's very loyal. And he's very smart. We also, like, don't see... Because there have only been two seasons of Discovery. We don't see him doing that much doctory stuff. We just see a couple of, or like a couple few handful of times that he does doctory things. Is there so, anything, the episode I saw didn't really get into his background at all. Is there anything you think I should know about his background? I don't, I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I know that I do like the white outfits. I think his bedside manner is pretty good. There's that one scene in the episode that you watched where he says to Ash, like, what are these things that you imagine that are happening to yourself? And Ash, like, freaks out and he's like, imagine what I meant. And he's like, I'm sorry. I was meaning, like, as in, like, what are you, like, using your imagination to, to like, figure out what could possibly be happening? Yeah. As, as I didn't someone mean, who like, doesn't know the real. answer, you have to fabricate. Yeah. That yeah. scene actually really spoke to me. Yeah. Because he was amazingly calm. Um, but was not, um, not condescending. Exactly. Thank you. So also I'm going to go back and say, I also like the white outfits. I feel like they're probably not that practical. There's just too much vomit and blood and alien acid. I'm sure that gets involved with the episodes, but I was like, very nice. They look really good. (laughs) Yeah. I noticed he was very calm. I mean, even when he's kind of telling off I just keep calling him Captain Jason Isaacs. Um, what is his name? Like Lorax? Uh, Lorca. Lorca. Is Lorax like Dr. Seuss? I think that's <laughs> Yeah, Dr. Lorax Seuss. is Dr. Seuss. I just call him Captain Jason ca- Isaacs. Captain Lorax. <laughs> I'm just um, imagining the Lorax in a Star Trek oh, uniform now. <laughs> oh, please. Yes. Another thing to hopefully find a uh, 
a photoshopped image of. Um, but anyways, when he's telling off the captain and kind of standing his ground, he's still doing so in a very professional uh, way. Even though he is getting a little emotional, he's, he's still keeping it uh, together. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean in that from- scene, they're talking about his husband. So, like, of course, it makes sense that he would get a little emotional. But he doesn't get, like, you're right. He stays very professional yes. and also calls him out. Mm. So I, overall, again, I only saw that one episode to get a taste of him. But I saw him to be very calm. And, yeah, I, I think his interactions with patients, like you said, with uh, Ash was was good. Yes, yes. Um, there's also another scene where he's again like treating Stamets just for some wounds, random wounds, and they have an emotional conversation. And while they're having that conversation, like that's very emotional, he is just like going for it and fixing stuff. And okay. So I was like, hey, like you can still do your job and be really emotional at the same time, and that is very cool. So what, what do you think he would be doing? We're kind of casting these doctors in their own pandemic universe. So what do you think he would be doing? I've been having a hard time with this, actually, to be honest, because the thing about Star Trek doctors is that we're in a place in the future where there isn't a lot of or there's there's a lot of research that's involved in being a doctor on a starship and there is like some field medicine, but we see them like working on research a lot more than we see them treating people sometimes. And so like you could just say like all of them are trying to find a vaccine. But I feel like because of like how bonkers discovery gets and how people are like always getting blown up and <laughs> and there's like all kinds of crazy like space battles all the time. I feel like he would be like ICU treating everyone, trying to make people better. Okay. I just had a thought actually Mm. out of all the doctors on my list. I have two that I haven't really placed anywhere. He's one of them because Mm -hmm. again, I haven't seen that much of him, but when you said that it actually reminded me of, you know, in real life, one of the things we're talking about with this pandemic is the fact that it's not just about people coming down with COVID-19, but the, resources and hospitals get overwhelmed with so many COVID-19 cases that when you have your car wrecks coming in, when you have your heart attacks coming in, you know, we just don't have resources, space, or personnel to go to them. So I kind of, you're, you made a good point that they, he's seeing a lot of action and discovery. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Even emergency room. I was going to say, maybe he's one of those people who's kind of a little bit of everywhere and just, you know, maybe picking up slack you know, with the doctors who are all distracted by the pandemic, he's still keeping yeah. it together for everyone else. And he can handle lots of different medical situations. And do, I, do it looking fantastic and like gorgeous in his white suit. Maybe they have a force field around the white suit. Ooh. And so that way nothing ever gets on it. Yeah, like the stains, I'm kind of like, we're at a point now when there's, there's like that Teflon coating stuff and those special t-shirts that you can spill something on and nothing happens to it. Like, why are there ever stains on anything in the future? Maybe there's not. I can't remember any episodes where there, oh, there's gotta be. Yeah, there's some. There is. Yeah. There's, there's definitely some. I I saw some today. Yeah. I rewatched some stuff today and I okay. saw some stains and I was important. like, you guys, <laughs> this is the important stuff. Stains exist in Star Trek. Well, on that oh. note, should we um, head to the next one? Oh, yeah. I'm really, really excited to talk about this one. 
I feel like I also need to put a little disclaimer. I have seen every single episode of Enterprise between the time I saw Enterprise and now. I don't remember much. I forgot that Travis was even a character. I forgot there was a dog on the ship. It's like the shortest. (laughs) It's it's because, you know, it's for reasons. It's for a lot of reasons. It's not your fault, Lauren. I like with uh, Malcolm Reed. I remember his name was Dominic, but I couldn't remember if that was the actor's name or the character's name. Like there was so (laughs) much I had forgotten. So um, again, when we were doing this episode, I kind of looked up on the web and consulted Larissa and said, I need to watch some some episodes so that I can kind of refresh my mind. Larissa actually just watched all of Enterprise, what, in the last four months? It was the first Star Trek that I rewatched when quarantine started. I was like, uh, let's do it. It was after I saw Picard. Okay. So, so yeah. So again, very fresh in your mind. This is probably fresh. another one where I'm going to be like, let's have you drive this one <laughs> because I might be a little fuzzy. So yes, you want to introduce this doctor? Dr. Flux, played by John Billingsley on Star Trek Enterprise. Can we talk about that name? Flux. 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 Because <laughs> I kind of forgot what his name was. I just remember once again, we had a character who seemed to wear pajamas most of the time and looked very comfortable. But yeah, just like, there's, it just sounds like there's something stuck in the back of my throat. But That's so funny. I have anyways. such a different reaction to that name because it's a flower. Really? It used to grow all around my parents' house when I was a kid. So I was like, Flox, oh, that's so pretty. <laughs> Perspectives. Flox. <laughs> I'm like, Flox. <laughs> We'll let you speak his name. Then. I love that our reactions are so totally opposite. <laughs> Lauren's like, ew. It like phlegm. It's like, how did that <laughs> name? That's amazing. Oh, God. Um, so, yeah, he's a denobulin, which is a species that was created for Enterprise. So this species had, has not appeared in any other uh, Star Trek series, but I love him. I think he is the best character on Enterprise. I do remember really liking Phlox. He probably, if I had to go with my gut reaction, I would say was my favorite character in Enterprise. Yeah, because I just rewatched Enterprise. I also like remembered a couple of other episodes today that are really good examples of Phlox being a good doctor and or making a weird choice as a doctor in one case. The season three episode Similitude, where he like makes another trip because Trip gets injured so that they can like harvest organs from him. And then he like. Isn't that like the movie The Island? Do you remember that? Oh, I've heard about this. I haven't seen it, it, but yeah. It got remade with like Ewan McGregor, I think. But yeah, it's like the idea that everyone has a clone so that they just exist to have spare parts for you. Yes, yes. It is a a sci fi thing that's been done, but it's weird. I, I. That episode, I don't care for. But then the other episode is a season two episode called Regeneration. And it's the one where they are attacked by the Borg before anyone knows what the Borg is. And Phlox, like he figures out how to get the nanoprobes out and not be assimilated. I'm like, dude, that's a doctor. Yeah. It also reminds me of you previously stating, I think it was transporter accidents where you're like, are we ever going to follow up on this? That seems kind of important, (laughs) especially with the timeline. I mean, I guess the Federation wasn't a thing yet. I know. It's just, but that's I kind mean, of the problem of going back and back and back is sometimes you introduce things that are new for the fans and new for Star Trek. But at the same time, you're like, hey, wait a minute. 
but couldn't we have avoided like literally all of this and like then we would not have star trek picard record keeping was just not as good back then yeah apparently maybe they they lost all their files the black box was destroyed there we go uh whatever but yeah so i feel like flocks is hard to pin down too because he has such an excellent bedside manner like he is pretty comforting and he's very like delightful so i feel like i would want him to be my doctor Okay. Like my personal doctor, but also he has like a bajillion degrees in like a million different subjects and he would be a great person to actually do like legit research to find an actual cure. Like he's always finding cures for shit. See, for me, I think he would be like the equivalent of who? The World Health Organization? I uh, see him being... Working at a higher level, yeah. Yes, but I see him being part of that because... Here's the one thing I will say about rewatching just this handful of episodes of Enterprise is I really liked Flox and I agree with everything you said. My memory of him was that he was a very like jolly individual. He's so jolly. And, and very chipper and stuff. But I was actually surprised like watching the two episodes I had that I did have some negative feelings towards him as a Interesting. doctor. Interesting. Tell me. So tell I, I want to know because I want, I want to know if you feel like this is an isolated incident with these two episodes or what. Okay. But first of all, I picked two episodes where he expresses having a hard time understanding humans yes and one is you know a night in sick bay where he he just doesn't get the whole pet thing and the connection archer has yeah but he seems if if you don't remember that's the one where (laughs) archer's beagle porthos gets sick (laughs) yes oh my god that episode like i don't know i i have to admit i enjoyed dear doctor more than a night in sick bay for many reasons yeah we won't go into it but um, i understand i understand i will i will say that beagles are adorable they are and i i enjoyed actually the fake beagles in the episode yeah um, they were very very cute and the yeah. part where he hops out of the thing at the end he hops Yay. into his arms it's so adorable i loved it but anyways so he kind of he's not forthcoming in telling archer what's going on he's very selective and i don't know if but I don't feel like it's from like a personal place. Like he doesn't want to hurt Archer or cause him unnecessary stress. It just feels like he's in this place where, where your Fox is just thinking, I'm just going to tell you enough to satisfy you so I can do my job. I was just surprised. I don't want to say yeah. he came off as cold, but I found that surprising. I didn't quite remember that. And then in he did. Your- he also does that in um, similitude. He does that with the, the trip with Sim. He doesn't mm. tell him that there's a, some kind of experimental treatment that could keep him alive longer or something and like he's he it just seems like he's he's he doesn't get that people want all the information and then in dear doctor what also kind of struck me as a little odd is i liked him very much as a person he's he's like kind of got that relationship going on with uh the woman they're seeing movies is cute but when they actually go to the planet i don't want to give us lost in an episode but yeah basically we find out there's two humanoid races and the human crew of enterprise think that one's being exploited but he doesn't really see it that way and he mentions even he says once again i am perplexed by uh humanity's need to help others and so it just made me given that i knew we were going to do this episode it made me really curious to think you know i i'm assuming in this fake world we've made up that it's uh, affecting all sorts of 
alien species, not just humans. Yeah, right? that's everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he'd All be researching. Exactly. So I think he would definitely be cooperative. I think he'd be really helpful in research, like you're saying, but I think he would be part of who rather than, say, directly working with Starfleet. Like in, he's, he's not going to be in an emergency room, in a hospital. He's not going to be like working for Starfleet, AKA the CDC. Like he's going to be higher level doing more research than hands-on stuff. And maybe he's like a spokesperson or something because he's adorable. But yeah, I think you're right. Like, I don't know. So I don't know. Have you seen the new, the She-Ra reboot? (laughs) I know of it. I've seen like. Oh, like little clips, like commercials. Okay. Oh, I can't wait to see where this is going. I'm obsessed with it. So there's a character. It's She was a character on the original 80s show. Her name is Entrapta. Oh, I remember is, that name. Yeah. On, on the new show, she's a lot more likable. <laughs> but she's like just like a power nerd. And she's like, she like does not read people very well at all and she's just like oh my god excited about science like this thing is so cool i gotta check it out and like doesn't realize that like everyone around her is like oh my god we needed you to do this other thing where are you going and and flocks kind of i feel like fits into that category in a way like he is just he's more interested in like talking and like seeing what other people are doing around him than he is at like looking and seeing that everyone is quiet and watching a movie yeah, he's kind of, you know, a way, like he doesn't I want to say like a little aloof, not in a careless way, but just yeah. in a like he's observing things on a different level. And for me, it's more about an enterprise. He is with like a human crew because of the exchange program. So it is supposed to be like a new, a weird foreign experience for him. So, of course, there's going to be a little bit of like a cultural thing. So that just makes me feel like he would be working with some sort of organization or environment where there would probably be multiple species, not just humans. I just feel yes. like that's where he would be strongest. Also, he would be the happiest in a place where he could just do a bunch of experiments. You know, feed his little animals and like uh, take apart a genome and whatever. <laughs> I do like him, by the way. It probably sounds like I'm being negative on him. It was just no. interesting going back to Enterprise and, and watching him. <laughs> I am so taken with Phlox. I think he is such a well-developed character. And I think John Billingsley is great in the part. I'm just, I'm into it. Like, I'm into it. I like, I like how, like, awkward everyone is with him because he's like, I'm just cutting my toenails. And they're like, uh, and he's like, just so open and bare about his whole self. Like, he doesn't really, like, as far as, like, his personality and himself goes, he's, like, kind of just all out there. Yeah, I think that's great. Very endearing. Yes. Yes. I like him. So, yeah. Okay. So, he's like high tier research and working working with- Working like, with many different species. Yes. I think both I, Federation and non-Federation. Yeah. I think yeah. you're totally right. I like it. I like it. We've okay. given two right. people important jobs here. Now, we're going to move on, right? We're, are, you we're wanna... moving on. So, if we're going to Enterprise, that means we're going to Voyager. That's right. Yay. That means Aww. we have Mr. EMH, otherwise just known as the doctor, really. Yeah, Aww, Robert Until Ricardo. He gives himself a name. But um, is, this is interesting. He, doesn't he call himself John eventually? Joe. Joe. Oh, my God. Even more boring. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, my brother's a John. Are you saying John's boring? No, I'm saying Joe's boring. I know, but you said even more boring. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I told John he'd make it on the podcast, so he did just now. John, I'm sure you're not. I've never, maybe I've met you. I don't know. Maybe I met him at your wedding. Yeah, exactly. You're not boring. Sorry. Okay, so yeah, I would say the image is very interesting because he might have one of the bigger arcs. I mean, not only did he get seven seasons, but he starts off as a very rude, cocky, <laughs> assholeish. So rude. You know, uh, I mean, he's a hologram, so he's a piece of technology. And then he evolves into what I think is a really fun, warm character. Yes. So, so it's interesting because in my mind, I'm like, oh, God, early EMH. Oh, he's played by uh, Robert Picardo, who I will always remember as the cowboy in inner space. With Meg Ryan, <laughs> Martin Short, and Jonas Quaid. Have you seen that movie? Yes. Oh, my God. I haven't thought He's of it the cowboy. in a long time. Holy shit. That she dances with in the club. Oh, he, my God. It's crazy. It's wonderful. Oh, my but God. But anyways, so uh, Robert Picardo, I can definitely say in Voyager cast, he is my favorite character, the EMH. I love I think him. Picardo does a great job playing him. And they just, they did a lot with his character, really, the writers did. They did did. so much with him. They did so, so, so much with him. Like, a lot of his big moments sort of mirror Data in in a way. And I know that that was on purpose. Like, the AI thing, like, AI writes, like, when he writes his hollow novel. Um, And I have this in my notes the episode latent image which i actually watched by accident like two weeks ago when i oh, took it's a bath really good it's so good i put it on and i was like oh shit it's the one where he like he's like oh my god somebody deleted some of my memories and then he finds out that it's because he like had to choose between this ensign that he didn't really know and harry kim who was his friend and who is he gonna save and then he couldn't handle it and like went nuts and it's it's like about him like grappling with like serious moral and ethic issues and it's so fantastic. That yeah. episode is fucking great and it's also a mystery episode too. It's so good. It is. But like it does so much for his character. So he's a hologram. He's been programmed with multiple oh degrees, techniques, methods. Like he's very valuable. He knows a lot. His bedside manner definitely takes a while to get better. Uh, and yeah, like so he he definitely like across the board is off the scale when it comes to skill and ability. Absolutely. But like early EMH is kind of an asshole versus <laughs> later EMH, who definitely is again kind of a warmer, better bedside manner. I would say once he starts to sing. <laughs> is when when he sort of crosses the threshold into adorable and loving during his relationship with Kess, like her being so uh like kind. And then he ends up helping Seven. You know, he becomes sort of a mentor to Seven later. Yeah. So he kind of has that kind of interesting dynamic. I love which their relationship. Helps his development. So where would you put EMH? So two two possibilities for me. One. He's AI, so he can't become infected. So having him around infected people is a great idea. But also, I remembered that episode from season seven, Critical Care, when he was kidnapped and like ended up like fighting for medical equity on that planet. 
where like oh, is, only that, is that the people... one where he's abducted to like the really fancy hospital that only yeah. serves the elite i haven't seen that episode in a long time yeah and he like basically like kidnaps like a high level like admin person and like infects them with a thing unless they agree to like let everyone have medical treatment equally and it's like you know questionable morally and he grapples with that later he's like uh maybe I shouldn't have done that but he's got a history of like fighting for equity when there's that ship of holograms that are like fleeing from that Herogen basically death planet where they just like kill them over and over and over again Yeah, that one I have seen recently like so he's just he's got a history of like fighting for equality so it seems like he would be like making sure that everyone can get this vaccine I feel like he would be making sure that like everyone has access to treatment also maybe he would be like hey remember all of the EMH Mark II's that are now like in that mine on that planet like how about we liberate them and like actually have them practice medicine instead of oh yeah so, yeah like I, I was like okay so this is a really great time for him to liberate the other uh, the other mark twos and maybe you can help me with this because my memory is a little fuzzy on this detail when we're introduced to him on voyager is he a relatively new technology i guess he is because we do yeah. see zimmerman what's his, what's his like creator's name oh yeah is it, zimmerman it is zimmerman okay yeah yeah because i remember he even has an episode in d space nine which i really like yeah. Um, and he's in uh what it, which one? Uh which TNG movie is it? Oh. It's uh, is I it, can't remember. Is it first contact? I, mean, I, I know feel it's like not it's, generation. I feel like it's first contact because I feel like Beverly's like some Borg are trying to get into sick bay, stop them, and he's like, I'm not programmed. Oh that. yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and like, she's like, he, I don't care what you do, do a dance. They Keep go off them. in the Jeffries. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. No, you are right. Yeah, that, that yeah. definitely is it. And he's great in that role too. <laughs> Feels the scene. Um, doesn't he? Doesn't he say like something about like prescribing the Borg an analgesic cream or something? Something like for that? the topical, like yeah, <laughs> stress of the skin. <laughs> poor, poor guy. Oh, I fucking love it. It's so good. <laughs> I think I'm gonna. I'm going to also add before I get into detail, my kind of idea of where he should be. We're going to assume that he's got the same kind of respect and privileges as he does at the end of Voyager. So, yeah. you know, it's like people aren't just like randomly shutting him off or he can Right, like Bolana's have... not just like deleting subroutines. <laughs> and he has his little like portable hologram transmitter that allows him to like oh, yeah, go, yeah, yeah. go separate places. So Mobile emitter, yeah. yeah. Mobile emitter, thank you. So, yeah. so given that, I feel like You've already stated this, but kind of like high-risk areas, obviously. But I especially think areas that are low on resources, like if you had a ship that really needs a doctor and maybe food and living space is limited. Mm. Um, I mean, we're, we're even seeing that in the news, too, to go to the real pandemic where there are still towns out there, especially little seaside towns or remote places where, you know, most of the year the population is low, where there's one doctor or yeah. this little island off the coast. And that's it. And if that doctor gets infected, he's screwed. And the town's yeah. screwed. So I feel like Oh, so he's like the doctor from Northern Exposure. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So I kind of feel like in situations where it's like, look, we can't have a whole team, but we just need yeah. to have one medical guy who or, or girl mm -hmm. who, you know, we don't have to worry about them getting infected. And then what do we do? 
I, right. I think it would be perfect for scenarios like that. I also feel like, again, not to be depressing and go back to real life, we're having a lot of our medical workers, first responders, people like that actually get infected with the disease. And yeah. some of them are our most needed senior medical professionals. And I feel like if you had a major facility where you had one section and it was just all the top doctors, nurses, people like that who have been infected, that he would be very valuable in just going through that area and trying to get those people up and running again. Yes. Liberate the Mark II's. Send them to the places of need. Get them out of the mines. Let them practice medicine. I can't <laughs> wait. I just wonder how many people who haven't watched Voyager ever or in a long time are like, what the hell is she talking about? Because <laughs> like we literally only hear about it like one or two times. And then we have Andy Dick. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot about Andy Dick. Who's like the, the more advanced. EMH too. Oh my God. Andy Dick. Okay. I mean, imagine you're like a tiny little like coastal town with like a very small population and, and you Andy get Dick. sent to Andy Dick. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my God. Oh God. He's There's a TV show. Though. He was competent. He was. He was a total asshole. He was, yes. Oh my God. Like it's like make that show. I would watch that show. <laughs> the new CBS oh All God. Access show. The new the They're new giving show. Seven and Andy Dick EMH two right. their own oh show. Oh god. Oh my god. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. Also very dumb. <laughs> Oh man, we needed we needed that in our very first episode of of worst fake episodes. Yeah, we yeah. should do another one of those, another short episode oh, where we just okay. talk about like worst, more worst fake, more episodes worst with episode. Larissa and Lauren. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I feel like we're I feel like we're good on yeah. MH. Like I'm, I agree. I'm happy with with where we landed on that. Okay, so then we're going to Deep Space Nine. Ah, yay! Dr. Julian Bashir, played by <sighs> Alexander Siddig. Although I feel like lately, whenever I see him interviewed now, he's going by Siddig El Fidel, which is kind of his, his real name, right? Alexander yeah. Siddig was mainly for acting purposes. Yeah. I mean, it's um, kind of normal for, for actors with non-Western sounding names to Westernize their names for the, the screen because people are worried that nobody's going to be able to pronounce it or remember it or whatever so or they'll just make assumptions like, on them exactly on yeah or named paul racism. or something like that <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm gonna call him sid i i saw the recent yeah. interview and he was kind of just they were calling him sid that's what i'm gonna call him if i refer oh to my him God, i love everyone. that that's really cute sid his, his, but, his true name from Wikipedia is like so long. Yes. It's, it's, a, it's very long. Yeah. It's, it's one very of impressive. It just keeps building and building and building. Oh, uh, Julian. Okay. So yeah. So Julian Bashir, who we talked a little bit with when we talked about The Wire. And, yes. and he's another one who very early was uh, a little different. You know, he had a good arc. But especially in the beginning, it wasn't so much an arc thing or a character thing, but it was about the writers. I guess they wanted him to be like the hunk. And so that's why he was always running after girls and kind of a tiny he's little kind of, skinny hunk. I know. 
He's, I found out from an interview he did. He was, um, Jake, Sarah Clofton was interviewing him, but he had a padded suit to fill out his chest. What? Yes, because he was so scrawny. They had to pad his chest. He wasn't the only one. Apparently, the early TNG days, um, apparently Brent Spiner needed one. And at some point, I think Patrick Stewart had one. But they did that to make them a little bit more manly. Oh, my God. I can't handle it. But they cast him thinking, like, okay, he's going to be the heartthrob guy. And then after a couple of seasons, they just realized, that's not working. Let's stop. And so you made a good point in our last episode that they allowed Julian Bashir to just be a really kind of um, ambitious doctor character and let him do doctory yeah. things. And I mean, I'm have... not saying he's not hot. I he he's 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 cute. hot. He's a good-looking older man, by the way. Oh my god, his gray and his beard. Yes, <gasps> he looks good oh, with a beard. I'm oh love it. I love it. I love it. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. It's, we really needed to say that. About how he's hot. But anyways, yeah. So, so, but I think a really important thing we should point out is that we find out later in Deep Space Nine that he has been genetically modified. I forget if they mm. use another term. Genetically altered. Yeah, I can't remember. Basically, they, they did yeah. the procedure that kind of got... Uh, Oh, when they had Khan and the... Oh, yeah. It's some yeah. eugenics shit. Thank you. Eugenics, yeah. and they outlawed all that, but some people were still doing it on the sly. You know, maybe you have good intentions. In Bashir's case, his parents did it because he was uh, having trouble at school. He's always been pissed about yeah, it. Yeah, because it wasn't his choice. Yeah. Like, and he's he like, great, to, you yeah. guys thought I was broken. Um, but he does, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, he does... Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Thanks for loving me. <laughs> I shouldn't say it that way. I mean, that's, yeah. yeah. There's definitely Thanks some for, ethical yeah, issues. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, like, so So I think one of the things to point out is Bashir does have a, a super brain. Yes, absolutely. Super brain, super, super body. Um, also, like, that you know. It's padding. That means padding. <laughs> still, I'm never going to get over that. I still don't care, though. Oh, my. I, I will yeah, take I all either. 80 pounds of him. <laughs> So uh, we had a comment on our Instagram from Sarah emphatically that Julian and his genetically enhanced friends from the Institute would have solved this problem in an hour and then treat us to some hijinks. And I had like almost the same note written down that he and his gang of friends who are all very smart and weird and one very horny for no reason. Yeah, who's um, named Lauren? <laughs> My name gets used once so far that I know in Star Trek and I... And it's her. <laughs> She's just like very smart and really horny and always just like writhing around on a settee. You know what? She is comfortable. <laughs> she always does have like a chase lounge or something. I mean, she's always right? horizontal. And I always. do have to admit, comfortable. There is a comfort level that I definitely appreciate with her. <laughs> but yeah, like they're, they, that they would just like figure it out. They would just. You know, but they almost, I, I've seen those episodes recently. Those episodes are weird. A side note. Those episodes did not age well. No, they did they, not. You, you watch them. And I, I remember, I think my mouth went 
Oh yeah. Oh my god. I was I was cringing. Yeah. So I think they come off a little dated as far as representing some yeah, mental health mental issues and, and yes. kind of simplifying them and maybe stereotyping them and I was just like oh, oh yeah. Like the premise is interesting, but the way that it was executed was eh. <laughs> Like I said, no. it's just it's just dated. No, so, like yeah. just knowing what we yeah. know now, it's kind of yeah. like, oh, hmm, yeah, uh, um. maybe not, maybe not. But so there's the army of nerds potentially, um, and then also like massive brain. But uh, he also like chose DS Nine because he wanted to do frontier, frontier medicine. medicine. I know. I have the same thought. Okay, do you mind yeah. if I jump in? Yeah, jump in. I'm gonna jump Go in because this is this is what I wrote down for Bashir. Yeah. So for Bashir, I wrote down should be researching vaccine with super brain. Probably would search out hotspot hospital to work in because of this desire he expresses to do frontier medicine. I think Bashir wants to be in the thick of it. Again, he's very ambitious, especially in the beginning of these Space Nine. He's a little naive. Mm -hmm. He sort of he's he kind of romanticizes it. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah, and I think that romanticism <laughs> does evolve by season seven. It's more about a, a, a good need to help out, you know? It's a healthy yeah. need. Um, so even though I want to say put him somewhere with the think tank people or really smart people and just have him nonstop research a vaccine, I think he would choose to work in the hospital or medical facility that's in the worst shape. And he would be like, put me there. I want to be there. Yeah, he was like, he'd be like, I want to go to Wuhan I want to go to Manhattan. Like he, exactly. would like, he would be in Brazil right now. Like, he would just be in the thick of it. You see that exact thing happen in the season four episode, The Quickening. Okay. They go to that, they go to that planet, and those people have the, they call it the blight, and they have these lesions all over their face, and then all of a sudden, like, it gets really bad, and then they die. Ooh, and, I have to see that one again. And I think it's, like, a, a nice moment for his character because, like, he realizes that, like, he was excited about curing this disease for his ego and not because of for the, the right reason, not for the right reasons. And then he changes his mind and he feels like he needs needs redemption. And so he goes back to, like, help again after he's unable to cure the disease. And then he is able to find a vaccine that that will help future generations, but not the people that already have it. And it's like watching him grapple with that. Like it, he grows a lot as a character. Okay. And also, was... Jadzia is with him the whole time, so Jadzia is like calling him out on his shit, like left and right, which is awesome. Uh, like he says, like I can't believe I was so egotistical to think that I could find a cure for a disease that can't be cured. And Jadzia says, uh, the egotistical thing is that is that you think is that if you think you can't cure it, that there is no cure. And I was like, damn, girl, you tell him. And then she drops the mic. <laughs> yeah, and, and she's like, bye. <laughs> Pompadour so, like, and he, all. But then he goes on to like, doesn't he, he cures the uh, the um, the founder's disease mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, yeah, because he has to, that's, yeah. that's a whole With like the flaky, uh, section The flaky 31. skin disease. <laughs> <laughs> we need a topical cream. Get the EMH yes, here. Yes, they need an analgesic. They need a moisturizer. <laughs> They have, what is it they have? What's the thing? Uh, 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 like the flaky skin? I don't remember. I mean, Whatever. like, you know. The founder's version of eczema. He cures Aww. it. Aww. I had really bad eczema when I was in middle school, you guys. It's, I, I've been there. 
Anyway, <laughs> but then Aww. he co- he comes back. He comes back and he cures the founder's eczema. And yeah. he like he's he's always like fixing shit and like research. He's he's half research, half like implementing it right away. Yeah, he's definitely yeah. He's got a lot of skills. He was fixing Garrick. You know, we were talking about that last time. Yeah. So I think you're totally right. He would be like, put me in the middle. Put me in the epicenter. Yeah. You know how yeah. you talked about your friend who went to Manhattan to help out for yeah. four weeks? That's Julian like, Bashir. Like he no, no. That person's <laughs> boss. The person running that hospital oh, yeah, would be you're Julian right. Bashir. You're totally right. Yes. Yep. Yep. Oh, Julian. Okay. So yeah. I guess we are going to Next Generation. Next Generation. And we have two doctors to talk about. I know. I have I have notes for Pulaski. I did not yep. forget about Pulaski, but I know Bev. Is your girl. So I Bev's think my you girl. Should, yeah, you should start this one. Oh, Bev. I don't have to say it again. I said it last time. Everyone knows how I feel about Bev at this point. But she's I I feel like Bev would be an advocate. I feel like she would she would probably want to be working the front lines. But I feel like she would be like a great Anthony Fauci. You know ah, what I mean? Like, okay. I feel like if she was the person that was like, wear your masks or I'm making you stay in your quarters, people would be like, okay, Beth. she is a mom. So she I mean, is a mom. We we actually yeah. have other parents that we've already talked about. Fox has kids and yes. stuff like that. Yes. But, but yes. We, but we, we never know. see Flox interact with his kids. Exactly. We see Beverly interact with her son a lot. She's going to be like, I'm counting to three. And by the time I get to three, you are all wearing masks or you are quarantined in your quarters. You're grounded. One. <laughs> yeah. See, for real. Like, I feel like people would feel comforted by her. I feel like people would trust her and listen to her. I feel like she would be great for that. I have to admit, Crusher is the other one on the list. I don't have a spot for it. I have a big question mark. And that's because I think there's not just one place that really stands out. I'm just like, yeah. she'd be great no matter where you put her. Yeah, it's true. Um, she would. Not for this to be like the Bev Fest again, but it's but true. Come on. You Bev. you chose Phlox as your doctor. I would I mean, choose Bev as mine. Yes. I mean, honestly, I said Phlox would be, I would want Phlox to be my doctor, but everyone really knows that I want Bev as my actual doctor. I said that before. I said Bev is my doctor. Mostly, like, I just really like Phlox also, but like, Bev, I want her. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I, that's the thing is I could see her, yeah, just working at a high risk place. I could see her being on the front lines. I could see her since I do feel like she is somebody who, who gets the job done when it comes to working with different people. There is like that one episode, I think in season seven, where it's, oh, the Ferengi scientist. We talked yes, about Yes. Yes. I have that. It's called suspicions. Thank you. And like, yes. that's, that's something where she gets a bunch of people together who are kind of skeptical and not exactly on the same page and she gets them to all play nice. So, yeah. you know, I could see her doing a lot of different things. I think that's why I'm having a hard time just placing her. Yeah. Cause she's also a leader. Like we've seen her take command of the enterprise. We've seen her take command of her own ship too, in that alternate timeline. She's also a diplomat in that episode suspicions that you just mentioned. And she's a scientist and a researcher. She's always like got her little experiments going in sick bay. 
So not only is she an excellent doctor, but she has all of these other qualities that make her good at so many other possible jobs. Basically, she's the best. <laughs> I say put her on. And she can dance. And she can dance. And she um, can ride a unicycle. <laughs> so this is starting to sound like Patch Adams a little bit. But. <laughs> Except she's actually a doctor. <laughs> so um i maybe maybe just throw like beverly on the biggest badass medical ship they have for starfleet and she can do all those things mm-hmm. she can travel places where she needs to be a diplomat she can have her, her little research team running around mm-hmm. uh doing stuff treating stuff boom a colony gets infected she's there like maybe maybe that's the best place to put her yeah just like let her do everything because she's gonna want to do everything anyway yeah and you cannot stop that woman she will do it it's true she'll be she like excuse dance. me <laughs> nobody puts bev in the corner no they don't <laughs> we can we can go back to beverly but i feel like i have thoughts on pulaski yeah let's talk about pulaski because i mean i feel like we covered bev pretty well yeah. in the last episode and also like everyone knows how i feel about beverly and that I think she would be good at anything she did. So what do you feel about Pulaski, who is pretty much season two? And that's it. And that's it. Yeah. And played I mean, by she... um, Diana. Diana Moldar. Thank you. Who yeah. was also, you sent me a picture of her. I didn't realize she was in TOS. Yeah, um, she was. I mean, she was in TOS. She was. Uh, she's in a, been in a bunch of yeah. things. Don't get me wrong. But she's gorgeous. When, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's great. It was just. If you know TNG, you know the whole thing with Pulaski and Crusher and the whole that whole thing. I think she I mean, I have a lot of love for Pulaski. Um yeah. she was she was supposed to be like a female bones. She was. Yeah. She was supposed to be very much and, and we see that kind of echoed in a lot of things. She doesn't really like the transporter. She yeah. also is kind of against data, which I feel like is just an extension of her fear of technology. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only thing I, I with her I kind of don't like is her constantly ribbing data. Sometimes I'm like, Pulaski, come on. Say his name stop correctly. It. Like, stop mispronouncing his name all the time. Like, come on. That's not his name. I feel like I have grown to love her as a kid. I think I absorbed a lot of the, the Star Trek community's, like, anti-Pulaski stuff. And yeah. it was very much like, yeah, I don't like Pulaski either. Meh. But re-seeing some of her episodes, um, she has some endearing moments. And I mean, not only is she a good doctor, but I appreciate her directness. She's never as, I feel like, um, as grumpy as Bones or abrasive as Bones. Yeah, she's not nearly as adversarial. Yeah, yeah. So I I feel like she can still get along with people. But um, I like her character more as I, uh, you know, as I grow up and watch these episodes more and more. Yes. I, I agree 100% as well. I have a few episodes that I made a point to note, and one of them was her very first episode, A Natural Selection, where she... Ah, I've seen that one recently. Yeah, where she like basically is willing to sacrifice herself on this planet where she's got this virus that's making her age very rapidly she doesn't actually solve that problem (laughs) data solves that problem but it is a test of her character in a way like she's proving that like she is a good person (laughs) i guess basically and it shows her dedication as a doctor i think too yes absolutely 
Um, and then also the episode, which also happens to be the same episode with the pack lids, Samaritan Snare. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Is that the one where, with the, the game? Oh, no, no, no. no. That's oh, the wait. one where they're like, uh, they kidnap Jordy because they're like, we need to go fast. Oh, we, we find things. Make us. We need go. Strong. Okay. I have seen that yeah. one, too, though. That's yeah. why I got them confused. But that's yeah. the one where Picard and Wesley are going because he needs heart surgery. And then she ends up actually doing the surgery at Starfleet Medical anyway, even after he was like, I don't want you to do it because I want to keep my crew away from this personal thing that's happening. I'm Picard, Picard, Picard. I'm just going to Picard, 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 because Picard, Picard. (laughs) Oh, God. But yeah, she's she's a good doctor. She takes care of her shit. Uh, She's also like, I feel like because she's modeled after Bones, she's like that kind of doctor that's like i can make a splint because doesn't she do she does that in an episode yeah. she like makes a splint and she's like this is how you do it what do they they always described um bones as like a country doctor i noticed yeah yeah and i feel like she has that vibe too yeah. where she's she knows all the fancy stuff but yeah like yeah. she can macgyver it give her some gum and a paper clip and she's yeah. she's set yeah i feel like in that way i could see her going back to her hometown and being a doctor in her hometown you know what I mean in that sort of way or like I could see her in ICU I can see her in in a place that needs her and wanting to be in a place that needs her yeah like and again we're seeing that with whether it's like small beach towns that normally don't have as many resources like again have like eight hospital beds and a very small team uh, so you kind of see her as like someone someone doing that okay that, yeah. that's actually a really yeah. good point like she can do a lot with fewer resources yeah probably yes. here's a, another possibility i think i actually think she might be the head of starfleet medical during all this which, which i know a lot of people are probably going to be like whoa wait she chose pulaski <laughs> but i just think she's got a cool head i actually do yeah. think she's good of i mean yes like i just talked about how like she she picks fights with data but i think she definitely has enough gumption and confidence to not only talk to people but work with people so yeah. i just think she would be a good person if and if, delegate um, responsibilities yeah. yeah exactly and i think she would be the person who would be that contact person between starfleet medical and whoever needed to communicate with them but i think she actually might be running that show interesting like i can see her in administration as well yeah Uh. there's something about pulaski that i feel like even though beverly is the mother pulaski for me always felt like she would be a good mentor or like this is weird but i could see bashir and pulaski getting along really well because bashir is kind of Ah. over enthusiastic like he seems like the person who would be maybe a little bit of the the suck up or the teacher yeah and she could be like oh my god kid calm down but she would also probably find it like kind of endearing i think yeah um and could work with that dynamic like she'd be like i get what you're about i can handle you but i i feel like when i think about all the other characters i feel like she could get along with everyone which makes me feel like she would be a good role or a good a good person for that role so it's interesting because we have one possibility that's very like small world and then one that's very big world but both equally important yeah Ooh, i like it i'm into it oh god we're at the final one 
the big gosh. one. It's the this I is know. the big one. You want to introduce this one? <gasps> Dr. Leonard McCoy. Bones. AKA Bones. Uh played by two actors who technically we could consider these two different characters cuz they are kind of different, but DeForest Kelly and Carl Urban in the Kelvin timeline. I am personally I am focusing my thoughts on DeForest Kelly. Yeah. And I have so one much... thing to say about one scene in Star Trek Beyond, but other than okay. that, only only DeForest Kelly. Yeah, I did that mainly to simplify things because I'll be honest, like even though I've seen TOS, this was another thing where I think for efficiency, I had yeah. to kind of pick one. Yeah. And so... What did you choose? I'm interested. Yeah. To well, know. I told you I, I did a muck time. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing, like we only, I mean, we only have two seasons of TOS, right? Yeah, there's also not that much, but also I didn't watch yeah. any of the movies either. Okay, because so so that's the thing is like we only have two seasons. You know, now you look at any of the other Star Trek shows, and there's definitely like this is a Riker episode, this is a Harry Kim episode. You know, they have things yeah. like that. And then TOS, it was more about like Kirk and Spock or the three of them. You know, yeah. kind of the big three bones. So a muck time, I did because that was a good episode for all three of them and then i also watched immunity syndrome that shows bones and spock kind of butting heads a little bit ah. um and then i decided screw it i'm gonna see Rathacon. so nice. i wanted to see that and then I, I just saw for fun search for spock uh the third Star yeah. Trek movie yeah i just decided i've I seen to both of those movies in the past year mainly because so. i was like screw it i want to see christopher lloyd as a Cleon. oh my god um, Oh my God. <laughs> so, so yeah, so those are the things that I watched just, just to kind of, again, like with uh, blocks, like to, to give a refresh. Yeah. I watched um, Miri. Uh, it's the episode where they go to that planet and like all the adults are dead and there are just children running around. But when they get, oh, yeah, when, <laughs> when they get into puberty, they get all those like skin lesions everywhere. And like, so I, because I wanted to watch something with him trying to actively trying to find a cure for something. Trying to doctor, as you put it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um. And I also watched Mock Time, and then I watched uh, Operation Annihilate, which is another episode where he's Ooh, like trying I... to find a cure. It's when it's when uh, Kirk's brother and sister-in-law are both killed by those like flying sort of. They look like like stingrays. <laughs> I haven't seen that one in a long time. <laughs> oh, and then uh, there's also that one scene in uh, Star Trek Beyond where uh, Spock and Bones are in that shuttle and they crash and Spock has that like piece of shrapnel in his stomach and then Bones like makes that thing out of scrap metal and he pulls out the scrap metal and then like closes Spock's wound and like the whole the whole thing is like, you know, again, similar to Pulaski, like him being able to like figure something out like MacGyver something from nothing. Very resourceful. Yeah, because he's resourceful. Like he's using, like in, in Miri, he's using like a like an antique microscope and Spock's like, that thing's weird. And <laughs> Bones is like, it works, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, he's such a, like, what a grump, man. Like he's- Oh, like, <laughs> I forgot how grumpy he is. So mad all the time. I, I feel like it was really interesting because I do feel like he is- I don't know if safe is the right word, but it seems like sometimes Kirk and Spock need to push him sometimes. Yeah. And maybe, maybe not in a medical capacity. Yeah. You know, but um, in other times. As far as other sorts of risks. Yeah. 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 Like even a muck time, I want to say he goes down on the planet of 
you know, he's on Vulcan and he's like, Kirk, you don't have to do this. This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this you know, is insane. And- he's always like, why are we even, why would we leave the ship? Why are we doing Here's this? Way. You guys are I, crazy. I really do like Bones. And this is how I feel about him most of the time is he is that character in the buddy cop movie who's just like two days to retirement. Um, you know, <laughs> just like really constantly <laughs> rolling his eyes and being like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> yeah, but then also like really but pulling a, his weight and doing exactly. a great job. Like he's and he's, he's an awesome doctor. Complaining about it the whole time. I just feel like when it comes to that trio of Spock, Kirk, and Bones, Bones is always the one who kind of gets the. It's, it's I don't so say he gets like the short stick, but he's always the one that's semi dragged along and yeah, yeah. Like I have, I don't have like a place for him necessarily. I didn't like give him a job title. All I have here is. Bones would find a cure while he was infected and dying from it. <laughs> and then he would test the vaccine on himself. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, I like that. With that old ass <laughs> microscope. Yes. He would that find Spock it with that old fun ass. Of. Yes, because he literally does that in Miri. Like, he literally is infected, finds a cure, and then gives himself the vaccine and then, like, passes out. <laughs> And then wakes up. And then wakes up and he's fine. Fine. (laughs) Okay, here's here's what I put him as, mainly because of the grump factor. I think this is more of a for comedic effect, but Oh, I love um, it. I'm excited. You actually said this name earlier, which makes me think I'm pronouncing it wrong. But um, you know, Dr. Anthony Fauci. 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 Okay, thank you. So I think he's Italian. (laughs) I think he would be Dr. Anthony Fauci. Oh, you think this. he would be Fauci? I do. I was like, this is I why. think Beverly would be Fauci, and you're like, I think Bones would be Fauci. This is why I have a completely different logic to this, though. I um, love because wherever this is going, I love it already. Bones, I, th- I think Bones, unfortunately, <laughs> because he's usually grumpy and kind of eye rolling what's going on around him. I think what would happen is that he would be put in the position where he is the person of medical expertise trying to explain it to everyone who's not and people would not be listening to him and Bones would just be super grumpy and eye rolling <laughs> and every night just like going home and having a glass of whiskey and, <laughs> I feel and like, like he would be and like rubbing be his temples <laughs> and he would be miserable like people would be like we know your medical research says this, but maybe you can tweak it and make an announcement about this. And he'd be like, I'm a doctor, not a politician. Damn it. You know, <laughs> yes. he'd be, yeah. Because I think here's the thing, yes. too. Yes. I think we all know, no matter what field or expertise you're in, we all know what it's like when someone goes to you and they ask your professional opinion about something and then they totally don't take it. They're just like, oh, well, that's interesting, Ugh. but I'm going this other way. And you're like, yep. great. Thanks for having me. Um, and I just yeah. feel like that's what would happen to Bones is he would just constantly be, oh God, you know, trying to talk to people not in the medical or science field in the Federation. And yeah, just has having anyone... people constantly ignore him. Yes, absolutely. I'm just thinking, has anyone photoshopped Bones into a White House press briefing instead of Fauci? Like, has anyone like photoshopped? McCoy, like they're just rolling his fucking eyes at Donald Trump. Like I want to see Leonard McCoy punch Donald Trump in the face. Like he would absolutely have zero patience for this administration. He'd be like, "What the 
fuck is wrong with all of you? Like, I feel like he, like, because, you know, there are there are so many scenes in TOS where, like, people are just punching each other. Like, that's just a thing that <laughs> happens. People just punch each other in the face all the time. I feel like that's a thing I would love to see. Can somebody, like, just make that uh, make, we found out make that 10 gift. years ago, someone made an image of Joe Pesci as a Frangie, which you mentioned in the very first episode, and that existed. So right. I, I would have said, if you'd asked me a few months ago, I'd say low chance. But now I'm a believer that anything can happen. Larissa. Anything is possible. There is, There can be a gif of Leonard McCoy punching Donald Trump in the face. I want to see it. Let me, let me have, I just want one, I just, I'm going to ask for one thing every episode. Maybe somebody will give it to me. I'm just going to put it out there into the world. Oh God. I love ask it. and you shall receive. Oh, I think, I think you're totally fucking right though. Bones as Anthony Fauci. Amazing. Love that. Just like, cause he also in a way, like he's like Fauci slash Andrew Cuomo. You know what I mean? The governor of New York. Where, yeah, where like Cuomo's like, what is wrong with all of you? <laughs> why okay, are you doing? Why are you going out? Why do you need to get your nails done? Why do you need to do this? We don't need these things to be happening right now. You know what I mean? Like he's like America's dad. <laughs> I feel like Bones is like that. Like Bones feels like Fauci. You're right. He feels like a Fauci. He feels like a Cuomo. I'm. Like right. he's, he'd be he's like, smarter. don't make me close those beaches again. I can't remember who said this. I feel like it was probably like Stephen Colbert or someone was like, Andrew Cuomo is America's dad and he is going to turn the car around. Right. Don't start to behave like that's Bones. I know, Bones yeah. is like, I am going to turn this car around right now, Jim. <laughs> I do. I do like your answer, though, too. Yeah, I mean, that's that's just that's a very specific moment in time. <laughs> okay. Okay. So Agreed. like maybe he is he maybe still he gets... is, but he but he then like that's is before infected. or after this yes, episode. Yes. <laughs> for bones. It. Yeah. Oh, so every bones. everyone I think is like very happy in their position except bones. Yeah, bones but bones wouldn't be happy any way. He's never happy doing anything. <laughs> Especially in a crisis, he's always mad because somebody's always doing something wrong. It's fine. That's that's all who right, he is. Right, yeah. That's who he is. We don't have to feel bad for Bones. He's doing just fine. <laughs> oh God, I love this. I love all the. I love everything that we've we've said about all of these things. I love it so much. I do need. Yeah. I do feel like we need to shout out to support staff though. Okay. Like I want to shout out. To Christine Chapel, I want to shout out to Kess and Tom Paris. I want to shout out to Alyssa Ogawa, like our nurses. My notes here are just for Tom Paris. Just tell him that all the planes are grounded and he won't be a little bitch about it. And then he'll be a great nurse. <laughs> See, I'm still the Voyager episodes I'm catching are the ones where Tom still doesn't have his shit together. So oh, when you mentioned yeah. Tom Paris, I was like, just keep him away from me. Like he's gonna want to be a flyboy and he's want gonna want to like break quarantine. But as long as you tell him that everything's grounded and you can't go anywhere, like, and that he's a good medical officer and he should just go ahead and do it. Like, be a medic, Tom. We need you. Actually, he also I mean, we're wants talking to be about a hero. How we do need a lot. I mean, we're talking about how people either delivering goods or, you know, supply chains. Like, maybe that's his thing. If he's a good pilot, maybe he just needs to be zipping around 
delivering supplies where it's needed. Oh, okay. I mean, sure. Mm-hmm. He could. He I, could I think also I'm changing that. my tune a little bit. Oh. I don't want him working on me medically, but he can I deliver mean, my Amazon Prime boxes. I feel like he becomes he becomes a good medic after Kess leaves because he has. Yes, to. yes. Like I said, yeah. later he gets his act together. Yeah, Kess is as an a, excellent nurse. I feel like at there's there's question about whether Christine Chapel is a doctor or a nurse, but she's like always great when she takes over for Bones. Like she's she's always also calling him out, and it's awesome because it's Majel Barrett. You know, we love yes. her. Uh, and then like I have to say, Alyssa Ogawa is my favorite. Of is course, she, is she Beverly's? She's like, Beverly's TV? nurse. Okay, head nurse. Yeah, there aren't Asian people on TNG really. She's it's like her and Keiko. So I was like, oh, yay, Asians. Yeah. But, but also she's so sweet and she's so competent and she's always like on top of everything. And she, I love her. What um, about, um, you were talking about some um, mental health people too, like Deanna, Deanna yeah. Troy and Guinan yeah. and Esri. <laughs> Esri I don't, went- I'm like, and Esri. <laughs> Sorry, she's like, never is a counselor really. She tries to help Garrick with she, the uh, the um, claustrophobia. Yeah, and I then, think he points out he's like, "You're the one who needs therapy." Yeah, she's not very good at it. I feel like Deanna would have a lot more to do, and I feel like Guinan would definitely be really helpful. Yeah, I feel um, like Guinan get her on a hotline. You know? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like she's such a good listener. That's what we need. The bars are all closed, right? So. Yeah. We, we just need her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, though, I have a list here, though, of uh, other doctors who are not our main doctors, who are <laughs> bad doctors. Yes. People that we've seen <laughs> pop up and it's like, no, no. Pretty much all of them with with like only a couple exceptions are bad doctors because they experiment on people without their consent oh my god yes like the one that pops in my head is uh tng ethics with the woman i don't know who the actress is but i feel like if they did that show over today it would be jane lynch by the way oh Um, yeah you're kind of right right doesn't she yeah 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 yeah. Um, but yeah that's the episode when um wharf gets his spine broken and he wants Riker to help him in assisted suicide and uh, meanwhile, Crusher is working with a female doctor who has questionable ethics because um, she's kind mm-hmm. of just thinks it's okay to, uh, it's like a very perverted version of the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And so she's yeah. kind of doing some, some uh, illegal testing and experimenting on random patients. And if they die, so be it, because the research will help, you know, years down the road, yeah. save millions, according to her. Yeah. yeah, we don't, don't, don't get her around me. Who else did you have on your list? <laughs> Dr. Krell Mosset, who is that Car- the Cardassian doctor that experiments yes. on Bajorans. And then like his hologram file is like in the Voyager computer and the EMH tries to use him to help with, to get that like life form off of Bolana, But then he like doesn't yeah. care if the thing dies and it's, he's, he's terrible. He's horrible. He- He's horrible. I mean, not to get on depressing subject matter, but he, if I remember, is modeled after, I forget his name off the top of my head, but the, God, I want to say it was Holocaust slash World War II doctor or just types of doctors that would do horrible tests on 
prisoners of war and yeah. and it's kind of controversial because we all know it was bad but we ended up getting a lot of medical information from that yeah. time yeah but we were also as a world said don't do that again <laughs> yeah exactly i mean it's yeah it's, it's the idea that like they're willing to sacrifice their ethics for the greater good or for the sake of research and yeah, and they did some fucked up experiments. They did some really I mean, fucked up shit. When you talk, American when you doctors hear... did too, like the the whole That's, like yeah. Henrietta Lacks, like that whole thing, like experimenting on women of color, like oh, it's a bad. Another fun bad doctor I had on the list, you'll really enjoy this, is the EMH from the Equinox. Oh, was that the <laughs> the Voyager episode where there's the other crew, the other Starfleet crew that they find? And they deleted the ethical subroutines from the EMH on their oh, on their ship, and they're like experimenting on those those uh, aliens from like another realm, kind of because they can like fuel their engines to get back to the Alpha Quadrant faster. It's like oh, basically so he's like, just a, like what evil what mad scientist. It's like yeah, he's he's just really bad and he's scary. Like I feel like Toby Russell and Kromoset would be like experimenting on people like that that have the the virus and like Ugh. yeah, it would be bad. It would they would just be like destroying a lot of people's lives. Ah, <laughs> uh, I feel like we've gotten through everybody. Yeah, we we got to spitball some ideas. Again, I'm curious if you listener have thought of something we haven't. Yeah, my sister said uh, she would want Pulaski on a research team and that she would want or she thinks Beverly would be like frontline ICU. Yeah, I think I saw that. Yeah. And that she would want Phlox to be her personal doctor. Yeah, I'm really curious, uh, especially like who listeners want as their personal doctor. I'm actually going to say probably Bashir. Yeah. Yeah. Because again, super brain and. Yeah. Even though I prefer older Bashir, like <laughs> Bashir, cute. I mean, I'm sticking with Bev because if I had to pick one of these people to put a swab up my nose, oh, it would gosh. be Bev. It would be Bev, y'all. That would be Bev, just because if I think Bashir is cute, I think it would be embarrassing to have that happen. Yeah, so, yeah. I trust yeah. her, and Choices. I'm not afraid to be vulnerable with Beverly. Exactly, exactly. I would probably be worried about, like, what my hair looks like and stuff. Right, right. I mean, whew. This is a very superficial right. answer for me. And, uh, but also, I feel like Bones would be like, it doesn't hurt that much. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love Bones, and he's a very capable doctor, but he would probably be the last one I would want. Right. Bev would be like, it's going to be okay. She'll make you a sandwich like we talked about in the last <laughs> She'll episode. She'll make me a sandwich. She'll make me a cup of tea. She'll get me one of those blankets that just like looks like aluminum foil. <laughs> oh, a space blanket. Oh, space blanket. You look so uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, let, let's do a last... A last thank you to all of our essential workers out there in the world. Thank you so much for continuing to do your jobs. And I wish that I could put a tiny force field around each of you and protect each of you. I wish we had some of this technology from Star Trek to like help out, but we don't. So I'm just going to keep doing my best at social distancing and wearing a mask in public and washing my hands so much that they look like the female 
changeling's face when she has that disease. <laughs> and you know what? Everyone else out there, yeah, keep, keep helping out the cause. Whether it might just be wearing the mask, might be helping out a neighbor who maybe they, for whatever reason, can't go out and shop and get groceries that they need. Mm-hmm. Give someone a call, check in on them. Just, yeah, think about what you can do for others. Smallest thing sometimes is the most meaningful. Yeah, we're all doing our best. And pick, you know, pick pick out your favorite doctor episode with a doctor you love in it and watch that this week. Maybe it'll make Ooh, you feel better. Yes. Your favorite doctor or your favorite doctor episode. Let us know. Doctors, we love you. Join us next time. We're going to talk about the rest of Picard. Yeah. Picard. 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 Find us in the collective at intothewormhole.show, on Instagram at intothewormhole.podcast. Into the Wormhole is brought to you by We Own This Town. You know what song I have stuck in my head? Because it was from Patch Adams. It was. I won't, I won't do it to you. I won't. Uh, I did it to you last I did it already to you last time. In a long time. <laughs>